In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The Gospel today has two important characters. The first is the blind man, and the second is Zacchaeus. This blind man hears that Jesus is coming, and he wants to be healed of his blindness. He wants to receive his sight, and so he starts crying out to Jesus, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me, a sinner. But the crowd tries to shut him up. They tell him to be silent. But he cries out even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. The second character is Zacchaeus, this rich chief tax collector. And Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. He wants to see who this man is. And so he couldn't do so because he was short and there were many people in front of him. So he decided to climb up a tree to see Jesus from above, to see Jesus from a distance. There is a big difference between these two characters, between the blind man and Zacchaeus. They both had a desire for Jesus. But the blind man's desire was much greater. The blind man's desire was without fear, was with great courage. Whereas for Zacchaeus, his desire for Jesus was a little bit more cautious. It was a little bit more hesitant. Which one are we? Are we cautious with God? Are we hesitant with God? Or are we like the blind man who's just all in? We're all in for Jesus. We're excited. We're filled with joy and rejoicing for Jesus. Because it's very easy to honestly be Zacchaeus. Where our faith is more personal. Our faith is more to ourselves. My faith is just between me and God. And I don't talk about my faith. I don't talk about Jesus. I don't bring up Jesus. And that's really how Zacchaeus was, because Zacchaeus had to keep his status. Zacchaeus had to keep his image. He was a chief tax collector. He was rich, so he had status in Israel. He had a certain reputation in Israel, and everybody knew if you believed in Jesus, you would be seen as low, because it wasn't cool to believe in Jesus. It wasn't the right thing to believe in Jesus. You would be kicked out of the synagogue if you believed in Jesus. What's much different from today? Today, even if we believe in Jesus, if we speak about Jesus, we might be looked at as the same. Or even with our own families, our own cousins, our own siblings, when you start talking about Jesus, oh, don't bring faith into this. Don't bring religion into this. That's between you and your God. I have my peace with God. I believe in him. I pray I'm good. That's a Zacchaeus. You might pray and believe that you're good, but you're not all in for God. You're not all in for Jesus. We need to learn to to be talking about Jesus. As I was praying this week, what I think the grace that I think the Lord wants from us in this Mass is to be disciples who are on fire for the Lord. Disciples who are on fire for Jesus. There's enough people in the world who are lukewarm. There's enough Catholics who who call themselves Catholic, but are not really Catholic by their actions, are not really Catholic by the way they live. And this is what Jesus is calling us to. He wants us to be like this blind man who's not afraid to shout for him. I remember years ago, there was a website that was started that was called ShoutYourAbortion.com. And this website was a place for women to come and shout their abortions and to be proud of their abortions. 
There's so many people out in the world that are shouting such evil things. But we just stay quiet. Because we don't want mashakil, we don't want problems, right? We don't want any issues with people. We just want to keep the peace. My brothers and sisters, there's no more time for peace. Jesus came into the world and he said, I have come to bring fire into this world, to cast fire into this world, to set father against son, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, son against brother. Sometimes our faith is not going to allow peace to happen. We need to learn to speak about the Lord. You know, sometimes I'm so baffled by some of the conversations we have. Some of the conversations we have are so shallow, so pointless, so surfacy. Where we never talk about Jesus, we never talk about our faith, we never talk about the Lord. Sit with your uncles, right? For example, your uncles are going to be talking about the price for lettuce, the price for Pepsi, right? There's not much talk with our uncles about Jesus or faith or what's happening in our hearts. It's not feminine to talk about Jesus. It's not feminine to talk about what's on our hearts. We need to learn to speak about the Lord, to be on fire for the Lord, because there's power when we talk about Jesus. There's power when we give testimony to what God is doing. There's great strength and and love and joy that's built up when we give testimony to who Jesus is in our lives. There's a very simple question that I think is important for us, and this is how we will know whether we are all in for God or not. The question is this, what is Jesus doing in your life? And when was the last time you told someone what he's doing in your life? What is Jesus doing in your life? If you can answer that question, you're all in for God. If you don't have an answer for that question, you need to get right with God. You need to spend more time with him. You need to go in front of the Eucharist. You need to read your Bible. Because if you cannot answer that question, you might as well just be a lukewarm Catholic. Someone who's just kind of comes to church and, and I do my duties, but our faith is not about duties, it's about love. Our faith is about love for God. And my brothers and sisters, it's not good enough just to love God. We have to make God loved. And the only way we can do that if, is if we speak about Him. I don't have the opportunity you have. Yes, I have the opportunity on Sundays to preach to you. But every single one of you in this church has a job, works, whether that's in corporate America or in your own business, and you have opportunities to reach people that the priests can never reach. You are called to evangelize. You are called to be a part of the mission. But you cannot be a part of the mission until you're all in for God. So what is Jesus doing in your life? I want to close this homily by answering that question. What is Jesus doing in my life? And give you an example of how powerful testimony is. When I think about that question, what is Jesus doing in my life? What has he done in my life? The last two months, I have to say my life has been a complete storm. Okay? Probably the hardest point of my priesthood. And I want to make a clarification, right? I love my priesthood. I love my vocation. The Lord is with me. And I know that he's there. But there's something that we have to understand as a people. Sometimes people expect priests just to put on a smile, to act like everything's perfect, but we are weak, we have struggles, and we are human beings. And so life as a priest isn't always perfect. 
Life as a priest isn't always joyful and great and beautiful. And it's okay to struggle. There's many of us in this church who come into this church with our struggles, with our sufferings, and that's okay. We have that. Two months ago, my aunt passed away. Some of you know that. She was 65 years old, and she had cancer for 22 years. And one of her last wishes to me was, she said, Perrin, I want you to be next to me when I'm dying. She said, I want you next to me when I'm dying. I was on pilgrimage for two weeks, and my aunt was literally waiting for me to come home so that she could go to Jesus. I landed, and hours later, she took her last breaths. I was blessed to be able to be with her. It was a holy death. It was a happy death. But in my entire life, I've never had to watch someone die. So I had to watch her die. And this was a second mother to me. You know, one of my favorite aunts. On my mom's side, okay? So my dad's aunts are here, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely one of my favorites. Because her love for the Lord and her devotion to God was so deep. And this lady prayed for me every single day to become a priest. So as I was watching her take her last breaths, it was such a holy moment, but it did something to my heart. It shattered my heart. It broke my heart to watch that and to see that happen. So for the last two months, I have to say my heart has been completely shattered. And just to be honest with you as a family, that my heart has been shattered. And so many things have been coming up in my relationship with God because there's a quote that I love and it says sometimes we need a trauma to happen in our lives in order to wake our hearts up. It's so easy just to keep pushing things down, right? Because as a priest, we have to be strong. As a priest, we have to be holy and we have to be great. And it's easy as a priest to just push. But when that death happened, all these things came up. And the only thing that was keeping me going in these two months was Jesus. Jesus is the one who saved me. Jesus is the one who was with me. I've preached so many times about suffering and about staying with Jesus at the cross. And Jesus finally gave me a huge cross to carry. But he was with me through every step. And that's why I was able to smile. That's why I was able to be joyful because it was him. But it was hard. What changed was literally this week. This week, I have to say, was the first time in two months that I can say I was actually happy, that I was actually joyful. I was blessed this week to to go on a retreat. It was a healing retreat for five days. And it changed my life. God was revealing things to me. God was speaking to me in such powerful ways and making connections and revelations and just pouring out his love to me. Even when I came here and stood at the altar as we began Mass, I was almost in tears because as I was standing here looking at the cross, I was thinking about how much God loves me, how much love he has for me, and how he continues to pour out that love in my priesthood. And so he continues to do that in my life. He changed my life this week because of that retreat. When I got home, I thought God was done, right? Because that's what happens. When we go on retreat, we think God is done. We think, okay, he did his work on, the, on that retreat, and I'm good now. I got home, and I was bringing my stuff upstairs, and Bishop was there, and Bishop said, I want to give you something. 
And I said, okay, what is it? You know, he said, I want to give you a relic. So if you don't know what a relic is, a relic is either a bone of a saint or a body of the flesh of a saint or a piece of hair from a saint. So I was excited. And I said, and I was thinking he was going to give me St. John Vianney. I thought he was going to give me some saint. And so he gives me this relic right here. And when I looked at it, it made so much sense. This relic is a piece of the true cross of Jesus. It's a piece of his cross. And when I placed it on my heart, as I got home, my entire body was in chills. Because this entire week, what the Lord has been speaking to me is, Perrin, I am with you. I am with you, I am with you, I am with you. And when I placed this relic on my heart of his cross, it was another confirmation, I'm with you. Because to think that the blood of Jesus was on this wood, his blood was on this wood, means so much to me. Now this is mine to carry, and that he's always with me in such a deep way. There's a story behind this relic, and I want to end with this, because God is so good. And when Bishop gave it to me, he told me about this relic and where it came from. He said there was a bishop who died. And when he died, this bishop had a bunch of relics. So they collected all of his relics and they gave it to a priest. And this priest found in that box of relics, he found a big piece of wood. And the piece of wood said, the real cross of Jesus. The priest wanted to test that it was real. He wanted to make sure that this was really the wood of Jesus. Because, right, anybody can take a piece of wood and say, this is the cross of Jesus. So he wanted to test this out. So he gave that piece of wood to two exorcists. And these exorcists used that piece of wood to pray over the people who were possessed during exorcisms. When they used that piece of wood to pray, the demons started screaming. Screaming. What is this fire? That's what the demon said. Bishop gave this to me. Why does the devil scream at the cross of Jesus? Because when the devil sees the cross, it's a reminder that he was defeated. When we look at the cross, it's a reminder that the devil was defeated. And when he looks at the cross, every single time it's placed in front of him, it's a reminder again that he will be defeated over and over and over again. My brothers and sisters, what got me through these two months is that. Recognizing that Jesus did that for me to conquer all of my sins, my struggles, my weaknesses, and that I have nothing to fear and I have nothing to worry about because he's won. Jesus won. So whatever you are going through, remember, he's won. The devil has no power over you. Jesus has won. So my brothers and sisters, what is Jesus doing in your life? How is God working in your life? I want to challenge you today, especially this week, right, when we have family gatherings for Labor Day and all these things going on, all these parties and gatherings. Don't just sit here and talk about your latest purse, your latest purchase, your latest vacation. That doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is our love for God. And so ask people, what is Jesus doing for you? Who is Jesus to you? Talk about Jesus and you will see the power that Christ has. I want to bless you with this relic now.
and just ask the Lord to set you free of any weaknesses, any struggles, any despair, any lack of hope. Jesus is with us, and he's never going to leave us. And through, through the intercession of this cross, of the cross of Jesus, and by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, may he wash you in his blood right now through his power and grace, protect you, heal you, and free you from every infirmity, every sickness, every sin, every struggle and trial, and to remember that through the cross, Jesus is with you. May Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.